This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. But I want you to turn to your neighbor because the, the title of the message today is Who's Your Daddy? So turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, who's your daddy? And uh, subtitle to that is we're children of promise. So Father, today we thank you. We want to honor you, Lord. We ask that your Holy Spirit is present as your word is ministered. Help me, Father, uh, declare your word boldly and clearly. I pray for uh, the grace that my tongue may be like the pen of a ready writer to bring this word clearly. We thank you that as your truths grow out, Father, they bring forth uh, the fruit of righteousness as if they are planted in man's hearts to produce uh, uh, a harvest, 30, 60, and 100-fold. We thank you for the grace of hearing that as your word is spoken once, it is heard twice in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. So, Miles Monroe says this. He, said if, he says, if a purpose of a thing is not understood or not known, abuse is inevitable. Last week, Pastor Bonnie showed us that if the purpose of a wife is not known, a wife will be abused. If a purpose of a husband is not known, he will say, yes, dear. You need to get the tape from last week to get that. But if the purpose of a relationship, more importantly, if the purpose of a relationship is not known, the parties of that relationship will not enjoy it. The relationship will not rise up to its full potential and inevitably abuse will take place. And both parties or the parties within the relationship will not enjoy benefit from it. This is true in marriage. It is true in any relationship. It is also true of our relationship with God. Without a proper understanding of the purpose and the nature of our relationship with God, abuse will occur. And we will not derive the full benefit that we should from our relationship with God. So what is the purpose and the nature of our relationship with God? Well, Galatians 2 verse 12 says this. It says, remember that you are at one time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Turn to your neighbor, say covenants of promise. (laughs) Having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been brought into covenant, a covenant relationship with God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Covenant, by definition, some define it as simply, uh, simply by saying uh, that it is uh, the conditional promises made to humanity by God. But if you look at the root of the word, which is derived from Latin, the idea of covenant or the term covenant is from the Latin word convenir, meaning a coming together. It presupposes two or more parties who come together to make a contract, agreeing on promises, stipulations, privileges, and responsibilities. From the beginning, God viewed our relationship with him from a covenantal basis. In Hosea 6, verses 6 to 7, the Bible says this, God speaking prophetically through Hosea, says, For I desire loyalty, not sacrifice, and an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. As at Adam, they, referring to the nation of Israel, have broken that covenant. Meaning, right from the beginning, God's perspective when he created man, was to enter into a covenantal relationship with him. A relationship stipulated that presupposes, according to the definition of covenant, of two parties, two coming together and becoming one. 
in an agreement with stipulated stipulations, privileges, responsibilities, and promises. That pattern was established in the beginning in the garden. God established a, a covenant with man, making promises of blessing should man obey him, and curses and death should man disobey. Each party in the covenant had responsibilities. God had responsibilities towards man, and man also had responsibilities within that covenant. It is within that space that God said man, gave man the mandate to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth, to have dominion. When man doubted God's promises, when Eve was deceived by the serpent and accepted the lie, he fell and broke covenant, resulting in you and I and man at the time living way below God's desire and what our intended nature was within our relationship. The relationship became broken. Its purpose seared. It is important for us to understand that every covenant has a promise. The Bible describes us as children of promise. Galatians 4 verse 28 says this, it says, now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. The promise and the terms of the covenant are found in the word. Right here. Understanding his word and who we are in him, based on those promises outlined here, will help us not only fulfill everything that God created us to be, but help us live in a manner worthy of the purpose that God created us for. The children of Israel, when God delivered them from Egypt, took them through the wilderness, failed to live in a manner worthy of their calling, live in a manner worthy of their relationship with them, live in a manner worthy of who they were as children, as children of promise. They do not know how they ought to act and what they ought to do. And when the time came for them to enter into the promised land, fear gripped them and they turned their heads back towards Egypt. When they turned, and refused to enter the promised land that God had promised them on earth, not only to them, but had promised their forefather, Abraham, 400 years earlier, then reassured, reaffirmed that promise on earth to Isaac, then again to Jacob, then again in Exodus 6 when he was delivering them from Egypt, when he said to them, I'm bringing you out so I may bring you in to the land I promised on oath, when they turned and refused to access God's promises, they were denying who they were. They were mocking the God who was. They were mocking who they were as his chosen people. The blessed people with a mandate to be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, bring order where there was chaos, bring light where there was darkness, have dominion for the extension of his kingdom. They forsook who they were as children of promise when they refused to claim the inheritance of the promised land. God says they refused to enter into his rest. They refused to enter into the very terms and the very, or access, the very promises of the covenant that he had with them. With their mouths, they shunned God and would not praise him. 
They stirred up anger. The spies that had gone into the promised land, they stirred up anger in the camp of Israel. They turned against Moses. They wanted a new leader who would take them back into bondage, take them back into where God had delivered them from. They did not behave as the terms of their covenant demanded because they didn't understand the purpose or the nature of their relationship with God. And so, just like Adam and Eve, they chose to live way below who they really were. They could not inherit the promised land with a wilderness mentality. Galatians 4 gives us a powerful figurative story of this. Galatians 4 from verses 28 to 30 says this. It says, now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born according to the spirit. It is the same now. Turn to your neighbor, say it is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and the son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance of the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. There are two children spoken of in this passage of scripture. They are children of bondage, who were born according to the flesh. And this was the story of Hagar and Ishmael, who were born according to, or birthed according to the mandates of the flesh. And Sarah and Isaac, who came out of the promises of the divine nature, the spirit. The scripture here says, just as it was with Hagar, and Ishmael, so it is today. Hmm. The son born according to the flesh is persecuting the son born according to the spirit. Zimbabwe, the son born of the flesh is persecuting the son born of the spirit. And wants you to settle for anything less anything and everything less than God called us to be. That war still exists today. It exists in us at an individual level. It exists in us at a family level. It exists in us at a church level. It exists in us at a government level. It exists in us at a national level. The son of the flesh persecutes the son of the spirit. The son of the flesh wants to stop the son of the spirit from being everything he's called to be. From inheriting his promise. Verse 30 gives us a solution of how we deal with this crisis. Because if we keep our eyes on the son of the flesh... And keep uh, 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 warring with the son of the flesh. We'll miss who we are. If we keep our sight on the rates today. The government today. The president in the office. Or whatever else it is that keeps us talking on social media. We magnify the son of the flesh before ourselves. Verse 30 says, get rid of the woman who gives birth to the son of the flesh. Don't entertain her. Don't entertain. And the woman is a mindset that gives birth to fleshly activity. That gives birth 
to any activity that counters what God says. It's a mindset that gives birth. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That woman is a mindset that counters godliness. That's why the Bible says that Jesus, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of this dark age, seated in heavenly places. The Bible says that you and I, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in pulling down strongholds and every thought and brings every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The war is right here in our thinking process, which is deep-seated in our hearts. And that is the woman we've got to get rid of. The woman that's got to go. The woman that gives birth to the slave child. The woman that gives birth to the child that stays in bondage. The woman that gives birth that keeps to the son that keeps his eyes on circumstances and not God's promises. The woman that says you and I are a son of circumstance. God says there's another woman, a woman that is of freedom, who says you and I are sons of promise. You and I are not to live by what we see, but we are to live by every word that is written in the word of God. That you and I are not, uh, 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 are not fed on bread alone. But every word that proceeds from the word of God. Every promise that comes out of covenant. That you and I are not ordinary children. That you and I are not children of bondage. That there is a second child. That there is a, a son of promise. A son of liberty. A son born of the spirit. That is what you and I are. And that's where we're to live. But this son, as a son born of the flesh, a son of bondage, born of the mentality that leads us again into bondage, that persecutes us daily. As it was then, the Bible says, it is happening today. Hmm. When God made covenant with the children of Israel at Mount Sinai, when he finished putting the giving uh, Moses, the covenant terms. This time he put it in writing because he had established the covenant with Adam. Adam broke covenant. Then again, he came back and reminded them during the days of Noah. He says, I have a covenant with you. But you keep breaking covenant. And he destroyed the whole earth. And he says, for the sake of the covenant, I'll leave this family to start again. Then he came again and he covenanted to set up a holy nation with Abraham. And here again, he comes to remind them of the covenant. Zimbabwe, Celebration Church, I want you to know that whenever God is getting ready to take you to the next level, he comes to remind you of who you are. He comes back to read the covenant terms to you. He comes back to remind you that you are not ordinary. That you are not a son of the, of, the, of the born servant woman. That you are not a son that is born of flesh. That you are not a son that is born of worry. That you are not a son that is born of not trusting the Lord. That you are not a son that is born of circumstance. But you and I are sons of God. You and I are sons of born out of the promise. That you and I are born out of trusting the Lord. They... That weight on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faith. God comes back to remind us of our covenantal terms. To remind us of the stipulations. To remind us of our privileges. To remind us of our responsibilities. Whenever God comes to do that, he's warning us that there's a son of persecution ahead. But there's a promise to inherit the son of persecution is there to stop you from seeing your inheritance. He wants you to take your eyes off your inheritance, take your eyes off your promise, and put your eyes on him. 
Zimbabwe, take your eyes off present circumstances. For there is surely a promise. And the one who promised is faithful. To see to completion the things that he began in you. I love what Pastor Les prayed today. That's why you and I are not to war in an ordinary way. We're to war according to prophecy. We're to remind ourselves of our covenantal terms. We're to remind ourselves that we're not ordinary sons. We're sons that are born of blood. We're sons that are born of covenant. Jesus Christ laid his life down so that we would no longer be on the outside, would no longer be seen as separate from the commonwealth of Israel, but we may be brought close and called sons of promise. Brothers and sisters, Galatians, Paul reminds us, he says, you are children of promise. You surely have a daddy. So at Mount Sinai, God writes these terms. We saw the pattern in Galatians. He says, get rid of the slave woman. Zimbabwe, it's time to get rid of the wilderness mentality. It is time to get rid of the slave mentality. And when God was leading the children of Israel out of the wilderness and into the promised land, he gave them a standard to go by. The Bible in Numbers says this. He says, so they moved out for the first time according to the commandment of the Lord through Moses. This is Numbers 10, verses 13 to 16. It says, the standard of the camp of the sons of Judah, according to their armies, set out first. With that guy, the son of that guy, over the army. You try to say the words. And that guy, the son of that guy, over the tribal army of the sons of Issachar. And that guy, the son of that guy, over the tribal army of Zebulun. I want you to know, God doesn't do things by coincidence. There is a particular order that God set them out to go in. Before, because before the tabernacle was even broken down, he sent three tribes out. Judah represented praise. The Bible says that we shall enter his courts with praise. That's why praise goes first. That's why Pastor Lincoln reminded us a few weeks ago of the importance of praise. Of the importance of raising up a praise banner. Because praise speaks of our identity. The Bible says the people I have formed for myself shall declare my praise. So the victory banner of God, in anything we face, the victory banner is first declared by praise. <laughs> you need to get that. Because when you and I praise, we declare not only who we are, but whose we are. <laughs> You know when children fight in the playground? Remember those days when we fought in the playground? We'd say, my daddy can beat up your daddy. Because my daddy has A, B, C, and D. What were we doing? Praising our daddy. Because we get our identity from our daddy. Where did children get that? It is an order of the spirit. So when the children of Israel... Uh, 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 broken down people, a people who were slaves, a people who the world had given an identity, a people who had been persecuted by the son of bondage, of a bond servant woman, the son of slavery for 430 years. When they were about to enter into God's promise without military training, without a track record of victory, with a downcast spirit, when they were about to enter the promised land, God says, you shall march around that wall for six days. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the wall seven times. 
But on the seventh time you shall let out a what? A shout. You shall let out a shout. Joshua says this. He says at the seventh time, Joshua 6.15, when the priests blew the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Their shout was a shout of praise that announced to the enemy, that announced to the son of bondage that they were not orphans, that they, were, they, didn't, they were not children without a father, that they had a daddy, and my daddy can beat you up. That shout of praise was announcing who they were, that the children of promise have arrived. They are here. And their daddy is here to take the city. It not only announced who they were, it announced whose they were. That's why praise is important. Whenever you face a situation, learn to get our praise on. Learn to declare who you are in front of the son of the bondwoman. Learn to declare your praise because you are invoking your identity. Hmm. So praise always goes first. So I Jehoshaphat, God says to him, no, you shall not need to fight this battle. The battle is the Lord's. If the battle is the Lord's, here's how the standard goes. Praise goes before the armies of God. Praise before. Because praise speaks of your identity in me. That's why I love Pastor Bonnie and the passion to release us in praise and worship. So God inhabits the praises of his people. That's why there's fullness of joy when we praise him. That's why there's liberty when we praise him. That's why victory comes when we praise him. But here's the important thing and the emphasis of the message today. The sons of Issachar went second. Why were the sons of Issachar the second standard that God chose for them to go out in? Listen to the prophetic word Pastor Tom spoke this year. We need some men of understanding that know what Zimbabwe and the nations ought to do. Holy Spirit-filled believers are invited to be like children of Issachar, having an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. First Chronicles 12 verse 32 says this of Issachar. It says, of the sons of Issachar, we had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Zimbabwe needs sons of Issachar right now. Men and women of understanding who are full of wisdom, who are full of the spirit of God, who know what Zimbabwe ought to do. Because after the praise has gone forth, we're going to need some wisdom as to what would God have us do. The sons of Issachar were a very unique bunch of people. They, they gained respect and influence amongst other 12 tribes for knowing the times and the seasons and what Israel ought to do. They were way ahead of their time. During the time when Israel was being ruled by judges before they had kings, in a time where mostly women were marginalized, it was impossible to hear of a leader or a leader of an army being a woman. In fact, it's still hard to conceive today. But the sons of Issachar rallied behind Deborah when God was raising her as a judge in the nation. They were the first tribe to rally behind. They were the first tribe to see that this is something that God is doing. When village life had ceased, then Deborah arose and with her were sons who knew what Israel ought to do. 
in the face of persecution, in the face of what didn't seem to make sense, they stood up and didn't look at the circumstance. They looked at who they were in God. They looked at what the Spirit of God was doing and they followed him. When God had raised David as king and so had rebelled against the counsel of the Lord, the other tribes raised people in division. Some were still with Saul, some were still with David. But the sons of Issachar, the Bible says all of them, their chiefs and everything, rallied behind them. They were the first tribe that came. Everyone in pact to see that this is what God's doing. Zimbabwe, celebration ministries, the time is now that God wants to raise sons of Issachar. Men and women of God that know what they ought to do. Men and women of God that are ushering in the wind of reformation and God brings change that only he can bring. Change that's not born by the flesh of man. Change that is birthed out of the spirit. Change that is birthed out of promise. Only he can do that. But he needs a people that are full of wisdom, that go behind the standard of praising him. That go behind the standard knowing that they are not on their own business. They are sent people. They are people in rank and order. They are people of promise. They are people who have a father, a heavenly father, whose desire is to give you every good and perfect gift. The father of life desires to give you and I every good and perfect gift. And the Bible says, in him, there is no variation or shadow or turn. Wow, sons of Issachar knew this. The third tribe that went with them was the tribe of Zebulun. Hmm. This tribe was the financiers. Praise, wisdom, finance. Pattern for inheritance. Most of us reverse those and we miss it. We say, oh, Zimbabwe needs is more money. More finance from IFM or what, 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 what. We put the praise first before we put God. You've been hearing Pastor Tom declare from this pulpit, our problem is not a money problem. Our problem is a vision problem. We are not submitted to God. No one's calling on God in Zim. None of our leaders are saying, hey, can we see what God sees for our nation? Can we yield ourselves under what God sees for our nation? But God says, hey, I'm looking for sons of Issachar. And you know what? Pastor Tom has declared it in the prophetic word this year. It's there. It's now the time for the sons of Issachar to rise up. Wise men and women who know what Zimbabwe ought to do. The spirit is present to anoint us to do this now. We start businesses and we say we can't start business because we don't have finance. No. Let's check who your daddy is. Who's your daddy? Praise your daddy. Your daddy will give you wisdom to get the finance. My people perish not for a lack of provision. My people perish for a lack of vision. Because provision follows vision. And once we get a vision, once we get a blueprint from him, the heavens open up. Why, why, why would you give finance to a fool? Would you give finance to a fool? Would you give finance to someone who has a vision that doesn't serve your interest? So why do we expect God to give finance to you when you don't serve his interest? Why do we expect God to give finance to our nation when we're not crying out to him for a vision? It is time for sons that know who they are to rise up, place themselves in a place where God can show himself strong through them. That is how we break out of the bondage we're in. Get rid of the bond servant. Get rid of the bond woman and the son of slavery. We can no longer eat with them. Why? Because they have no share in the inheritance. That's what the Bible says. Pastor Tom said this, he said the wisdom of God, this is in 2018, last year. He said the wisdom of God will be poured out as never before upon and through those who desire wisdom. Those are sons of Issachar. 
She is returning to the earth to counter ignorance, arrogance, violence, and hate. What are we experiencing in our nation? What were we talking about this week? Sons of Issachar need to rise up now. Men and women that understand the times and the seasons. She'll bring with her knowledge and understanding. The year before, in 2017, he declared this. He says, you cannot seize promised land opportunities with the wilderness mentality. It is time for us to lay aside the wilderness mentality. It is time to lay aside this bond woman, this bondage woman. We're not children of bondage. Lay aside this mentality. Wilderness mentality lives on survival mode. Lives that live day by day. Lives that depend on someone else. God forgive me for saying, oh, I, cannot, I cannot be because of the government we have. No! I'm a child of promise. Who I am, what I have, what I have access to comes from my daddy. I know who my daddy is. This mentality, this wilderness mentality, this bond servant mentality says my life is in the hand of my master. And not declare the master lord of lords, but the master a fleshly man. That's what the slave mentality is. He says my master feeds me when he wants to. My master tells me when he went to go to work. My master tells me what to do. This mentality survives on a miracle a day. This mentality is the manna mentality. Manna could not go beyond the day. And the only time manna went beyond the day was on the day of the Lord. <laughs> you need to get that. When manna rested in the Lord, the rules were broken. Only on the Sabbath could manna carry over to the next day. Only when it was rested in the Lord. Only when the sun of bondage was fully submitted to the son of the spirit. To a child of promise, the, the configuration of manna changed. Telling you, Zimbabwe, your configuration of manna can change. It needs to rest in the Lord. We can't inherit the promises of God when we view ourselves as a people that are passing through. Because we violate the very principle of God that says, have dominion on the earth. That says, take possession of the land. Inheritance has got to do with possession. And if you are not possessing, you are being dispossessed. Zimbabwe, listen. If you and I will not stand to say we have a heritage in this nation, we have an inheritance in this nation, not by the hand of man, not by the hand of flesh, but by the hand of God, I'm telling you we'll be dispossessed by those who worship Buddha. They are coming in. We'll be dispossessed by those who worship Islam. They are coming in. And any other God, by humanism, they are coming in. Why? It's because the seats that are supposed to be uh, occupied by the sons of God are vacant. Because the sons of God do not have their eye on possessing the land, on possessing the inheritance that God has given them. The sons of God have got their eye on going to South Africa, going to England, going to the U.S. They are vacating their seats. God says that time is over. Now we need a people that no longer have a wilderness mentality, that no longer have a mentality that we're passing through, that no longer have a mentality that says, hey, God, you've given us a place to rest. You've given us a place of establishment. When Isaac sowed seed in famine, the Bible says he went about digging wells. And when those, each well he dug was contested, the son of flesh was contesting him. The Bible says Isaac moved on until he found a well that was uncontested. He called that well Senna, my well of covenant. Now I'll settle here. This is my place of covenant. This is my place of oath. 
This is my place of inheritance. This is my place of possession. If we will not possess, we will be dispossessed. And people with a wilderness mentality cannot have a possession mindset. Their possession mindset is for greed, as Pastor Sharon was saying. It's for me to eat now because it's driven by survival mode. But the sons of promise, the sons who know who their daddy is, have a different mindset. Their mindset is an inheritance mentality. An inheritance mentality says, I am part of covenant. I, the, 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 and it's generational. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I look at me, I say I'm the God of Tazarwa, Robafadzo, and my grandson. So I am not trying to consume everything I have today. I have a mentality that says what I have today is seed for a harvest tomorrow. A righteous man stores up an inheritance for his children's children. He leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's why the wilderness mentality, the manna mentality could not survive in the promised land. And in Joshua 3, the Bible says, the moment they entered the promised land, manna ceased because it was now time for seed time and harvest. Oh, Zimbabwe, listen. It is time to come out of survival mode. It is time to come out of day-to-day -day living. It is time to come out of trusting in the hand of man. It is time to come out of bondage. It is now time to come into liberty. It is now time to come into the sun of freedom. It is now time to access the privileges, the stupids, the responsibilities that came through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that no longer declare that you and I were foreigners, but we're part of God's families established on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Oh, I love the word. It gives me real prophets, real promises. These promises are not accessed by fear because fear comes from the woman of bondage. They're the ones that intimidate you. It is accessed by faith. In the word, Pastor Tom declared, this year, he says we're entering a season of faith. Faith will be demonstrated in a greater measure. It is time to return and build by faith. Make sure that you're activating your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It takes faith to see the unseen. It takes faith to see through a son of bondage persecuting you. It takes faith to see through your circumstances, to see beyond that, to see the promise. The Bible says of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the persecution of the son of bondage. Why? Because he saw a promise of unity with his father here. He saw you and I be reconciled with our father. And that son of, son of, of, of bondage became meaningless to him because his faith allowed him to focus on what was unseen. It takes faith to believe what is hidden in darkness can be overcome in the light. God has to have a man of faith. Jesus said, when he returns to the earth, will he find faith? Will he find sons of promise? A promise is not a promise if you see it immediately. <laughs> We have to leave the notion that seeing is believing. God wants us to believe to see. I believed, therefore I spoke. We are children of promise. Pastor Tom has asked us that for seven days leading up to Synod, we remind ourselves of covenant. We break bread. We have communion. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. What, what do you think that is? He's saying, do this in remembrance of our covenant. 
of the covenant I've laid my life down for. He says when we take the wine, we are partaking the blood of a new covenant. The remission of sin. And with that covenant, brothers and sisters, come promises that make you and I no longer the child of bondage and slavery, but make us the children of promise who has and have a daddy, who have the father of light as our father. So we're going to take communion today to remind ourselves of who we are in him. We're going to ask our pastors, our leaders, deacons, to help us serve communion. And as they bring communion around to you, I want you to think deeply. I want you and I to think deeply. Who is your daddy? That works for you and that works for the son of bondage you face. Whenever you face circumstances that don't line up with God's word, ask, who's your daddy? Because I'm a child of promise. I know who my father is and I know who I am. That's why I love our theme at Synod this year. Leadership and reformation. You don't want to miss it. This is a synod for the sons of Issachar where we get equipped for doing the extraordinary. Reformation requires you to do the extraordinary. Because when we come into the promised land and our mentality changes into a mentality of the sons of promise, into a mentality of inheritance, into a mentality that understands seed time and harvest time, We have a responsibility. We are responsible. We are responsible for our destinies as Christ enables us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So I want you to do two things. As the communion elements come around, if you are here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that his blood purchased the right for you to come into covenant with God. Today you can. As you get these communion elements, if you're not born again, I want you to think about making a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Then the second one is, if you are here today, maybe you have given your life to Jesus Christ before, but you've not fully understood the purpose of the relationship, that you have a covenant with him, and somehow you found yourself falling away or living below what the relationship requires. The cares of this world, whatever it is, the deceitfulness of riches, have choked out his very word from you. That is you. As we take communion, I want you also to think and reflect deeply today to make a decision to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And then for the rest of us, as we take communion, and this is myself included, I realize just how foolish I've been. How I've allowed myself, my family, church or any area of influence I have to live way below what God has required of us because I've kept my eye on the son of the bond woman that is persecuting me, persecuting me instead of keeping my eye on the promise. If that is you, I also want you as we take communion to remind yourself of this covenant that God laid for us through his son Jesus Christ that this covenant has promises which are yes and amen unto him to 
make a commitment to come back into alignment with who God says you are and his promises for your life. Do you all have communion elements? Don't you just love our new communion elements? I love our pastors. They don't look at the economy, they look at what God's saying. So we will keep progressing in CMI. You will see the commitment to improve. And they've stayed here for 40 years while many of us have left because they know there's a promise to inherit. May you and I stand in agreement with what God has promised for this nation. We don't want you to miss it. Today's scripture what we're focusing on today can you please put that fly up it's from Luke 24 verses 31 to 32 it says this then I would like you to hold your bread it says when he had reclined at the table with them he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it he began giving it to them this is speaking of Jesus then he says their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight and they said to one another were not our hearts burning within us while you're speaking on the road while you're explaining scripture to us as we partake of the bread may that be our declaration may our eyes be open to see what the scriptures promise to see what God promises us telling you there's something for everyone at Synod this year. You don't want to miss it. This is a critical time in our nation. I heard people talking of an end of an era. No. There will be no end of an era if the sons of Issachar, men and women who know what they ought to do what Zimbabwe ought to do because they're inspired by the Spirit of God, don't rise up. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to step out. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.